Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Wednesday, January 26th, and this is People Every Day. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and I hope you're staying warm out there. I mean, it's nice and sunny where I am in Southern California, but I have a lot of friends and family shivering out there in the Northeast, so sending warm vibes out that way. And now, here's a few things to note in your newsfeed today. Today marks the two-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant and daughter Gianna, along with seven others who died in a helicopter crash in Los Angeles. I remember standing on the Grammy's red carpet when we all got the terrible news back in 2020. And Kobe was an inspiration to so many on and off the court, not only for his, you know, mamba mentality work ethic, but also his proud girl dad status, as his wife Vanessa recalled in her eulogy to him. He happily did carpool and enjoyed spending time in the car with our girls. He was a doting father, a father that was hands-on and present. He helped me bathe Bianca and Capri almost every night. He would sing them silly songs in the shower and continue making them laugh and smile as he lathered them lotion and got them ready for bed. Vanessa Bryant's court battle with L.A. County is moving forward. Remember, she's suing for damages after first responders allegedly shared photos of the crash victims. I just hope she's getting a lot of support today. Pain like hers does not get any easier. Moving on, uh, usually when you hear about someone moving back in with their parents, it's not because things are going well. Unless, of course, you're Oliver Hudson. We're remodeling the house and instead of renting a place, I'm like, you yeah, know, let's just go back home. The 45-year-old actor moved his whole family in with his mother, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And as he told E's Daily Pop, it actually sounds kind of nice. Yeah, it's great. Breakfast is made. Mom makes biscuits and gravy and eggs. And, you know, it's, it's actually, there's a chance we won't leave. I, 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 I'll tell you that. Now it's time to dig into this next story. As you all know, Aaron Rodgers has built quite a career and is known for making news both on and most certainly off the field. He caused quite the stir when he first took over for America's favorite cheesehead, Brett Favre, in Green Bay back in 2008. And he's been a force on the team and in the league for years. But the Super Bowl champion and three-time MVP is no stranger to Hollywood or headlines. He's openly feuded with his brother, Bachelorette winner Jordan Rogers. He recently considered quitting football to host Jeopardy. And over the years, he's fallen hard for some pretty famous ladies, including his fiance now, award-winning actress Shailene Woodley. Now, with recent controversial remarks about the Biden administration and vaccines, he's drawing more attention than ever and not the good kind. So here to get into what's really going on with Mr. Rogers is People.com's senior news and sports editor, Lindsay Campbell. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, thank you for having me. 
Thanks for joining. Well, let's go back because I went to Cal Berkeley and at the time was a huge fan of Rogers, who was our QB my freshman and sophomore years. I remember rushing the field when we beat Stanford, thanks to him, all the things. But so much has changed. So before we talk controversy, tell me what we know about Aaron Rodgers, the man now. Like, what's his personality like? What's he into? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's been with the, with the Green Bay Packers uh, since 2005. He spent his whole career with the team. He's been the NFL MVP. He was Super Bowl MVP along the way. In addition to that, Jeopardy super fan. He guest hosted the show after Alex Trebek's death. He also, you know, enjoys movies. We've frequently seen him turn up at Sundance. He loves to play the guitar. He's just been in the league for a, a long time. He's dated, like you said, some famous ladies, Danica Patrick. Olivia Munn. So he's certainly not not used to being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And now, speaking of that fiance of his, uh, Shailene Woodley, uh, their engagement was pretty under the radar until he announced it during his acceptance speech at the NFL Honors Awards show. She's someone who's also been open about her social views, but they just don't seem to line up with Rogers's. I know she was open about supporting Bernie Sanders. She makes all of her own stuff. She is very serious about, you know, being natural. Just how does this work? There's an agree to disagree approach, I guess. She's very earthy. In fact, she told The Hollywood Reporter before that her religion is the earth and she believes in trees. So a source kind of told us this week that from the beginning of their relationship, like you said, they agreed to disagree. The source said that, you know, they disagree on politics, But in general, Shailene is not someone whose mind is easily changed. There are some big, stark differences in their Uh, ideologies, and they're choosing to just not address them. Well, it's been well documented that that Rogers doesn't have a great relationship with his brother, Jordan Rogers. And the lack of communication in their relationship and really with his entire family came to light on The Bachelorette when Jordan was competing for the heart of JoJo Fletcher. So let's listen to how he described it then. Me and Aaron don't really have that much of a relationship. It's just kind of the way he's chosen to to do life. And uh, I chose to, to stay close with my family and my parents and my brother. And so yeah, that's just, it's not ideal. And I love him and, and uh, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to be in his shoes and have the pressure he has and the demands from people that he has. Wow. So why do you think that this sibling rivalry is is still going on? And and do you think it's still there now? Our source tells us now that they have started speaking again. Very Uh-oh. recently, there's still a big divide, but there there is communication happening, which is very interesting. And in 2020, Aaron was on then-girlfriend Danica Patrick's podcast, Pretty Intense, and spoke about his views about religion. And a source told people at the time that Aaron's family was extremely upset about some of the things he said. They're very Christian. He was saying he had trouble connecting with the religious community. I will note that late last year after the whole vaccine incident, Aaron's dad did an interview and said he was supporting Aaron and he stood by him and his his comments, but also noted that they had not spoken. He is, you know, being pretty candid yet again in the wake of his loss to the Niners. Yes, he seems to be feeling, you know, that the relationship that he has with his football fans is 
on thin ice as well. He is speaking about how he feels knowing a lot of people are coming more to root against him than for him. And a lot of the time, fans are doing this based on his political views rather than on his actual athletic ability. So let's take a listen to what he just said on the Pat McAfee show. There were a ton of people tuning in, rooting against us for one reason and one reason only. It's because of, uh, you know, my vaccination status. So what do you think his next steps will be when it comes to his career and, and, and how he approaches topics publicly moving forward? His return to the Packers was really in question ahead of this season. And it is, again, he has said he's going to make a decision by the end of the NFL tag deadline, which is March 8th. So we should know soon if he's going to return to the Packers, if he's going to retire, if he's going to join another team. But a source has told us he's really going to spend the next few weeks kind of grappling with what he wants to do next. So I think we're going to continue to hear from Aaron. And I think we're going to know within the next month or so if he is going to continue to be in the NFL or if he's finally trading in those Packers colors. All the things are happening with Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Lindsay, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Okay, guys, it's time for a game of Who Said It? Barefoot Contessa star Ina Garten recently said that part of her formula for coping during the pandemic was to drink more large Cosmos. So what household name disagreed with that recipe and said, quote, to me, that's not charming? Who said it? Stick around after the break to find out. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. We're back. So listen to this. Beloved barefoot chef Ina Garten said her formula for coping with the pandemic is drinking more large Cosmos. But another celebrity didn't love that and replied, I do not agree about taking to drink to cope with things like the pandemic. They went on to say, to me, that's not charming. And just about the only person who could throw that kind of spice at Ina Garten, Martha Stewart. But you know who she does find charming? <laughs> Hollywood's new it guy, Pete Davidson. Listen to what Stewart told Mario Lopez about him on Access Daily. So uh, he's a charming, charming guy, boyish, very boyish. He's only 26 years old or something like that. And uh, and he is uh, funny and friendly. And I can see why the girls go for him. There must be something in the water, man, because it seems like everyone is loving them some Pete D right now. Well, Everyone except yay. 
All right, now for this. We have a brand new People Issue out this week, and our cover star is actually a really good friend. Courtney Cox, get it? <laughs> Sat down with People this week, opening up about reprising her role in the new Scream movie, her fifth time with the franchise. But she also got candid about co-parenting her teen daughter, Coco, with her ex and fellow Scream star, David Arquette. And at 57, she shares what she's learned about love and life now. So there's so much ground to cover, and it's all very interesting. And joining me now to discuss it is one of People's go-to celebrity whispers, senior West Coast writer. Julie Jordan, who interviewed Courtney. Hey, Julie. Hi, Janine. I mean, once again, we're talking about the friends. We can't get enough of them. Can't get enough, right? So this is your second People cover story with Courtney this year. You also wrote our cover for the Friends reunion. So you guys have to feel just like old friends now, right? Well, and she and I are both from Alabama. So it was really hard to kind of move away from that subject matter alone. But yes, you know, Southern girls like to stick together. We can't help it. I love when we get to talk. I love that. Why did I not know she was from Alabama? (laughs) Okay, well, as if 2022 hasn't been scary enough, we got the fifth installment of the Scream franchise, and Courtney reprised her role as Gail Weathers, and she talked to you about what convinced her to do the remake, because I think that's always a decision, a big decision, you know, once you're that popular and that well-known to go back into something, um, you know, it, it takes some time to think about it. So let's listen to what she said. In a million years, never thought that they would remake, not remake, but relaunch this series. We did four different screams. And I was just thought, God, whoever is that bold, they have to know what they're doing. And then I I looked at the directors. I looked at their movie, Ready or Not, which is incredible. And the writing of the script, it was just fantastic. And I thought... I had such a great time on the first floor. Why not? So I know I speak for a lot of people when I say we are so glad that she returned. But uh, have you seen the movie at all, Julie? And, And what else did she share with you? You know, that's the funny part. So I am terrified, terrified of scary movies. And I just owned it. I was like, I can't. I love you. I've I've seen the promos. That's about as close as I can get to fully watch. Because my, my eyes would be closed the entire time if I tried to watch it. She was just so excited to do this. It's like you said, it's a fifth installment. I actually love her biggest hesitation or the one condition was as long as she didn't have the bangs that her character had (laughs) in a previous film, because that's her life lesson. She now knows from experiencing those very, very short bangs, she will never get bangs again her entire life. Uh, Aside from that, between her and Nev and David, this was like a family coming back together again. And she said it felt like no time had passed. They just completely fell right back into their characters, had such a good time with the new actors and kind of the new generation and the new fans of this whole franchise. It was the marrying of all of the generations that were involved in kind of the perfect scenario. Ah, well, we know Scream has a special place in her heart for multiple reasons. She used to be married to her Scream co-star, David Arquette, as we said, and they share 17-year-old daughter Coco, who, if you haven't watched her sing alongside her mom while her mom plays the piano, you are missing out. It is so good. But Courtney talked about what it's been like to co-parent with David throughout the years. So let's take a listen to that. I would say the best part of co-parenting is when you don't fight about things, when there's no, can I have her during this holiday? It's not like, well, those are my holidays. No, it doesn't matter. Whoever, 
you know, whatever she wants to do and, and whatever works. I don't, I don't, I've, there's never been a contention about stuff like that. And I think, I think that's really, really important. What did you glean from their relationship, Julie, of, you know, just how that all works? They seem so amicable. Very much so. And I think the key is that they put Coco first. They always have. There's never been even a second where they worried about anything beyond being good parents to her. That enabled them to really kind of move on, be the best versions of themselves when it comes to Coco and making sure that she grew up in a household knowing that she was loved, that she was taken care of, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, they were married uh, 1999 to 2013, but still remain close. They even, you know, are working together. But Courtney has found love again with musician Johnny McDade, who she met through their mutual friend, I love this, Ed Sheeran. (laughs) He's just a love bug in his own right, right? And it's just so cool that he set them up. But Courtney and Johnny have been together, like I said, since 2013. And she opened up about how she's, you know, changed her views on love over the years. Take a listen. You can't take a lot personally, Like, I used to think, oh, well, if you loved me, it's not really about you. (laughs) People do things they, because of their own history and their own past and their own, I I just had to, I had to learn that lesson for sure. Okay, so Julie, take folks into what she said about how she and Johnny are surviving the pandemic, because a lot of couples haven't. So they were apart for the first months of the pandemic because he got stuck in lockdown abroad. So they had to do long distance. But she said that they were FaceTiming so often that she had forgotten how sexy his accent is. I mean, she was kind of swooning. She is so in love. They have such a good relationship. And she equated it to like her dad when she grew up. He was very, he was, he was very, not critical, but impatient. Just like, if you don't have something to say, move on. And whereas Johnny is like the most patient person she's ever met in her entire life, uh, aside from him being sexy. She said he's a poet. He's a writer. He's so smart. And they really, really enjoy being around each other. And you can tell when you see them, it's just, they kind of ooze love. It's, it's really, it's a good energy to see both of them so happy. Yeah, it's been nine years. They must like each other. <laughs> That's a long time. So any talk of, you know, not that I'm putting any pressure on them because they seem happy enough, but any talk of a wedding? Well, so I have to ask. (laughs) And, you know, when when you have a celebrity couple like that, of course, there's a lot of pressure on what's their future going to be. They've been together a long time. I don't really think she feels that pressure. She just is really enjoying their relationship. She's not opposed to the idea of getting married again. If it happens, it happens. She doesn't, it's like never say never. That doesn't enter into her thought process on a daily basis. And I think they're just really happy and they're going to just go with the flow. Well, Julie, this has been so great. Thank you. Always. And guys, there's a lot more in the issue, including some stunning shots of Monica. (laughs) I mean, Courtney. So pick up the newest issue of People this Friday. 
All right, let's recap. Today, we've talked about celebrating all different aspects of life from, you know, remembering those we've lost to wins and losses on and off the field and even parenting and finding new love. So all this life talk makes me think of a viral video posted on people's Instagram. It's of 110-year-old Ruth Fear, who has apparently stopped keeping track of how old she is. And I don't blame her at all. In the video, her granddaughter is there to remind her, though, while wishing her a a happy birthday. Take a listen. How old are you? I have no idea. 110. I don't believe that. No, you look like you're 21. Why, sure. And just as beautiful as ever. Why, sure. Yes. That, my friends, is definitely something to make you smile. When I make it to 110, people better be telling me how good I look, too. (laughs) Thank you all for joining me today. Come back and join us again tomorrow on People Every Day.